The text reads like this. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and glean among the ears of grain after him, in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she set out and went and gleaned in the fields after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young man, to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes, that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, All that I have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother and your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done, and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. And also pull out some of the bundles for her, and leave it to her for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today, and where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The, man, the man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvest, 
and she lived with her mother-in-law. Let's pray together. We come now to take refuge under, under your wings. And we pray that as we do that, we would hear your voice clearly. Give us open ears and open hearts to receive what you have to teach us and reveal about yourself. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. For my birthday 10 years ago, Gloria bought me the Puritan prayer book called The Valley of Vision. She tells me that when I preach, I sound like I belong in the 17th century. <laughs> and so a Puritan prayer book looked like a, a perfect bet for a present. And she was absolutely right. Let me read you the first prayer. Lord, high and holy, meek and lowly, you have brought me to the valley of vision, where I live in the depths but see you in the heights. Hemmed in by mountains of sin, I behold your glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be Low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. Lord, in the daytime, stars can be seen from the deepest wells, and the deeper the wells, the brighter your stars shine. Let me find your light in my darkness, your life in my death, your joy in my sorrow, your grace in my sin, your riches in my poverty, your glory in my valley. We continue the book of Ruth this morning. And in chapter two, we're gonna see just how true it is that the way down is in fact the way up. If you missed last week's story, let me catch you up to speed. The, the story of Ruth is set during Israel's darkest days. Uh, the days in between the conquest of Canaan and the coronation of King Saul. And as the story begins, we're told that there was a famine in the land. Uh, a family moved from Bethlehem to Moab to survive the famine. But Elimelech, the husband, dies. And then after the, the two sons, Malon and Kilion, marry two Moabite women, the boys, the sons, die as well, leaving Naomi, their mom, and the wife of Elimelech, all by herself with her two daughters-in-law, Ruth and Orpah. Uh, Naomi and Ruth, they go to Bethlehem, Naomi's home, because they hear that God had brought the, the famine to an end. And we're told that, quote, the whole town was stirred because of them, and the women said, is this Naomi? 
She said to them, do not call me Naomi, which means pleasant, but call me Mara, meaning bitter, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. Ruth chapter 1 was the way down. But Ruth chapter 2 shows us that in reality, the way down was the way up. Because in Ruth chapter 2, Ruth meets Boaz. And Ruth experiences the refuge of the Lord through him. You see, Boaz was a a kinsman redeemer. A kinsman redeemer back then was a, a relative who would enter tragedy in order to provide stability. So if a husband, for example, had died, then his brother or a cousin would marry the widow to make sure that she had financial and legal security. Just like I said last week, back then it was a man's world. And Boaz was a kinsman redeemer in Naomi's family. And through Boaz, Ruth would experience the refuge, the safety, the protection of the Lord through him, through her Redeemer. And today, we can know the Lord's refuge through another Redeemer, through a better Redeemer, through a Redeemer with a capital R, one whose name is Jesus. And Jesus is the one who enters our tragedy and provides stability. He's our strong tower. He's our hiding place. He's our mighty fortress, a bulwark never failing. And so the point for us today is simply this. Take refuge in the Lord's Redeemer. Take refuge in the Lord's Redeemer. Let him shelter you under his wings, and so gently sustain you. If you're swimming in tragedy today, know this, there is a redeemer and there are wings beneath which you can take refuge. Take refuge in God's redeemer. And we're going to see first in view of God's providence. Look with me at verses 1 to 7. We read there, now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. Remember in the Old Testament, God commanded his people to to leave the corners of the field and to leave the leftover grain and some of the drop stalks on the ground so that the poor could gather them up for themselves. Uh, Verse 2, and she, Naomi, said to her, go, my daughter. And so she, Ruth, set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech, Naomi's deceased husband. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his young men who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came and she has continued from early morning until now, except for a short rest. And again, Ruth will experience God's refuge through Boaz, all because 
of God's providence. Not because of coincidence, not because of happenstance, but because of providence. What is God's providence? Well, it is God's work in the small to bring about the great. It is God's work behind the scenes to effect his will on the world stage. And that's what's happening here. God's fingerprints were all over this moment in Ruth's life. Boaz, this man of standing, this man of character and strength, just so happened to be the kinsman redeemer that Ruth would need. And Ruth just so happened to glean in the part of the field belonging to Boaz. This was a a match made in heaven. And it wasn't because of eHarmony.com. It was because of God's providence. The way down turned out to be the way up in her life. Do you know, friends, God's dealings haven't changed a bit. Because the way down is so often the way that God draws people to our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've noticed that, haven't you? Rock bottom is where you find the rock of ages. And God's providence stretched all the way back to Moab. And stretched all the way into the tragedies of the death of Elimelech and Malon and Kilion. And it was at work in all of their tragedy to bring them to Boaz. And friends, God's providence reaches all the way into your hardship. In order to bring you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Redeemer. Our Rock. Our Savior. Our Strong Tower who shelters us under his wings. I opened my sermon last Sunday morning, didn't I, by quoting a few verses from William Cooper's great hymn, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. And it is Cooper, by the way, not Cowper. How dare you? Don't pronounce it like that. But many of you know that that Cooper struggled enormously with depression. And he struggled so much that he actually attempted suicide a few times in his life. And he had to be sectioned in what was called back then an asylum. And Cooper Cooper really believed that God had altogether washed his hands of him. And it was all over for him. But in the, the asylum, he just so happened to find a Bible lying on a bench. And he said this, having found a Bible on the bench in the garden, I opened it to John chapter 11, where Lazarus is raised from the dead. And I saw so much benevolence, mercy and goodness and sympathy with miserable men in our Savior's conduct that I almost shed tears upon the relation, little thinking that it was an exact type of the mercy which Jesus was on the point of extending toward myself. I sighed and I said, Oh, that I had not rejected so good a Redeemer, that I had not forfeited all His favors, Thus was my heart softened, though not yet enlightened. But sometime later, he opened a Bible again, and the first verse that he landed his eye on was Romans 3.25 that says, God put forth Christ as a propitiation, that means a wrath bearer, by his blood to be received by faith. And he said, immediately, I received the strength to believe it. And the full beams of the Son of Righteousness shone upon me. I saw the sufficiency of the atonement that He had made 
my pardon sealed in his blood, and all the fullness and completeness of his justification, in a moment, I believed and received the gospel. Whatever my friend Madden, who was the chaplain in the asylum, had said to me long before, revived in all its clearness, with demonstration of the spirit and power, Unless the almighty arm had been under me, I think I should have died with gratitude and joy. My eyes filled with tears and my voice choked with transport. I could only look up to heaven in silent fear, overwhelmed with love and wonder. And you know, friends, perhaps you're in this room today because tragedy or hardship or frowning providences have, have led you here. Perhaps you've hit rock bottom. And if you have, friend, fall on the rock of ages and prove him to be the refuge that he is. Don't frown too long at frowning providences, but instead believe that a, a, a smiling face is hidden behind it. The road is hard that leads to Boaz, our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet the way down is the way up because that road leads to him. Some of you are here today because you've been betrayed by a family member. You've invested your entire life into them and, and today their back is turned to you. Others of you are heartbroken because you've, you've lost someone near to you and you wonder will life ever be the same without them others of you are furious at the cage of addiction that a loved one has locked himself in and has thrown away the key and the most natural thing in all the world for you is to feel angry but just as Ruth's loss brought her to Boaz with great sensitivity my friend let your tragedy bring you to Jesus and see it all as the providence of God in bringing you into an experience of his care that you never would have known apart from that tragedy. And believe, bring yourself to believe that God's providence was underneath it, all around it, over it, guiding it, designing it to bring you to our Redeemer and let the full beams of His righteousness shine upon you and believe that He's all you need in a time of hardship. Take refuge in God's Redeemer and second, in view of God's protection. Not only God's providence, but also His protection. Friends, look at verse 8 to 13 with me. They say, then Boaz said to Ruth, now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? But Boaz answered her, all that you have done 
for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. And how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. And so do you see how the Lord's refuge was extended to Ruth through Boaz in that he protected her. He ordered Ruth to keep close to his young women, safety in numbers, and he ordered his young men not to touch her. You see, a a foreigner back then, especially one from a shady place with a shady history, may well have been on the receiving end of racism and abuse and assault. And so in view of of the danger, Boaz, this this man of character, this man of, of resource, protected Ruth, and Ruth fell on her face before him with gratitude and thanks. But did you notice that Boaz sought to protect Ruth because of something good in her? You see that when Ruth asks the question, why, why have I found such a favor in your sight? Boaz answered according to her merits. The Lord repay you, verse 12, for what you have done. And a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel. But we know, don't we, today, friends, that our Redeemer protects us, not according to our merits, but according to His merits. You see, the reality is, if, if Jesus rewarded me according to my merits, He would condemn me. I was brought forth in sin, and in sin did my mother receive me. And that's not just me. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet our Redeemer protected us from the judgment that we deserve by taking our judgment into Himself. He absorbed He endured the wrath of God and he shed his own blood for our souls so that we could take refuge beneath him. And friends, if you're saved today, if you're here today and you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, please be encouraged by this. Jesus will go on protecting you because his blood cannot fail. Jesus will lose none of those whom the Father gave him Before the foundation of the world, he'll lose none of whom he died to save. Not even me, not even you. And yes, we are called to to wage war on the flesh. We are called to wrestle against the, the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We're called to put on the, the whole armor of God. But we do that with the helper within us, our redeemer beside us, the church around us, and with victory before us. And so Jesus is our refuge and strength today. Not only when we were saved, but today as we live the Christian life. And He's an ever-present help in time of need. And therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, and though the mountains be thrown into the heart of the sea. But if you're here today and you're not yet a Christian, not yet trusting in Christ, 
friend, let me say this, you are a thousand times more vulnerable than Ruth ever was. Because outside of Jesus Christ, God's judgment is on us. And therefore, friend, take refuge beneath the cross of Christ today. That's where everything that should fall on us fell upon him. Just over 10 years ago, uh, Al-Qaeda stormed a, a shopping mall in Nairobi. The loss of life was, was great. There was a young mother, though, who survived the whole ordeal. She heard the gunshots fired and she fell to her face. She dropped to the, to the ground and she, she heard beside her a, a mobile phone ringing. And she turned to her side and she saw that it was ringing in the pocket of a man who was bleeding heavily. He'd been, he'd been shot. And so she decided to smear the blood on him, uh, from him on herself in hopes that the terrorists would assume that she was dead. And she walked away from the whole ordeal. And she said this to a news channel a bit later on, I would love to know who he was. Because I think his blood protected me and saved my life. Now God is not a terrorist. But in Jesus we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. And when his blood is on us. The wrath of God that we deserve passes over us. And it lands on him. Run to the cross today and be saved. Take refuge in God's Redeemer. Thirdly and lastly, in view of God's provision. Look at verse 14 to 23. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers and he passed to her roasted grain. And she ate until she was satisfied. And she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves and do not reproach her. And also pull out some from the bundles for her and take it for her to glean. And do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. Her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. She also brought out and gave her what food she had left over after being satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where did you glean today? And where have you worked? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, This man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness is not forsaking the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, The man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And Ruth the Moabite said, Besides, he said to me, You shall keep close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, lest in another field you be assaulted. So she kept close to the young women of Boaz, gleaning until the end of the barley and wheat harvests. And she lived with her mother-in-law. And so Ruth, the outcast, was 
welcomed as an insider. You see that she ate with Boaz's own employees. She had enough and more than enough and some left over. And Boaz treated her like an Israelite, even though she was a Moabite, in that she could glean from the sheaves and not just pick up the leftovers on the ground. And at the end of the day, she brought home 5.5 gallons of of barley, about two weeks worth of food for her and her mother-in-law, Naomi. But friends, whereas Boaz provided Ruth with bread, Jesus is our bread as someone put it. Jesus said in John 6.35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And so church, keep going to Jesus for all that your soul needs. Forget the additives, forget the preservatives, forget the junk food of this world and settle for nothing less than the bread of heaven himself. And if that sounds like a, a chore to you today, if that sounds to you like just one more thing for you to do, to tick off the to-do list, that's because you've forgotten all about your need. That's because you've forgotten how needy you are. Wouldn't it be impossible for for Ruth to wake up on on the day after her first day in in the field and think to herself, oh, I don't know if I can be bothered to go to work today. No, 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 that was impossible because Boaz was her lifeline. And when we were first converted, that's how we felt about Jesus Christ, wasn't it? He's our lifeline. We have nothing without him. We are nothing without him at all. Well, friend, what was true back then is true today. And so the great need in our lives is to be amazed by grace every day. For grace to feel as amazing today as it did when we first believed. And so, friends, remember your roots. Ruth couldn't forget her roots as a, as a Moabite living in Bethlehem. Well, let's not forget that at one time we belonged in the dominion of darkness. But today we've been delivered into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins because Jesus died to redeem us. Find in Jesus your all in all. Find in him your nourishment, your daily supply, your resource, all that your soul needs. Don't settle for viewing grace as a concept, but instead realize afresh that grace is your life-giving power because it comes to you from him. But you know, there's more than encouragement here for us. There's also a challenge here for us as well. I said that one of the, the mega themes of the book of Ruth is providence. But there's another mega theme that we've seen here today in Ruth chapter 2, and that's kindness. It's kindness. And someone said this, in the days when so many were doing what was right in their own eyes, Boaz did what was right in God's eyes. Boaz, this man writes, was no mercy minimalist, seeking to reduce God's law to bare minimum requirements. He gladly stewarded his material and immaterial resources to advance advance others and even welcomed Ruth as a 
covenant insider. Well, friends, if we know so merciful a redeemer, then we can't be mercy minimalists either. And if we know amazing grace, then the onus is on us to reflect amazing grace to others as well. And so I want to close by borrowing three questions that I came across this week. The first is this, what do you have? Boaz had a field. Boaz had employees. And he utilized it for the good of the last, the lost, and the least. Jesus had his body and his blood and he he gave them for us. What do you have? Do you have time? Then spend your time with the most vulnerable people in our church or in our community. Do you have gifts? Do you have skills? Do you have talents? Use them to advance the cause of others. Do you have spare chairs around your table? Well, then seat visitors perhaps in our church on those chairs and have them around in your home. The next question is, who do you see? In other words, who are the most vulnerable people that you know? Show them what it's like to take refuge under God's wings by protecting and by by providing for them. And lastly, who do you know? In other words, if you're a Christian, you know a God who has welcomed you under his wings in Jesus Christ. Go therefore and do likewise. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Go, Jesus said, and do likewise. Amen. Why don't we pray and then we'll come to worship our Redeemer under his wings. We thank you, Lord, that when we were the last, the lost, and the least, when we were just like that man traveling on the way down, you brought us all the way up into your care and into your protection, and you gathered us under your wings and so gently sustained us. Lord, we pray that men and women and boys and girls in our midst would know the refuge of our Redeemer, one who is far superior to Boaz, but can rescue and restore and can heal and redeem men from all ages and women in all times and boys and girls throughout every nation. Oh, Lord, help us to 
bow before him and know his care for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.